pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to Resonance 104.4 FM, and this is One Life Left. Now continues. Good evening and welcome to Resonance 104.4 FM's video game show, One Life Left. And this week we're doing another special, No Continues. I'm Steve Curran. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. And Simon Barron is absent this week. He's off seeing Muse. As if he would ever be anywhere else. That's happened before, hasn't it? Yeah. He has taken leave of absence from One Life Left to see Muse. I think we know where his priorities lie. It means we're entitled to go and see Taylor Swift whenever we want. Excellent. And we will. We're joined by an exceptional panel today from left to right, if you imagine that in your radio heads. We have Matt Lees. Hello. How are things going, Matt? Things are going very well. This is your second visit to this One is. Life Left. No it's really nice popping in. It's, it's on my way home, so it's fine. You know, <laughs> I can just get some milk around the corner and I'm done. I'm very glad that we're not any trouble to you. Did you enjoy it last time? I did. I had a great time. I completely forgot to mention the fact that I was supposed to plug the fact that I've started a brand new gaming podcast on videogamer.com. So if you like me talking about games, <laughs> you can go. listen to that, maybe. I'll shut up now. Uh, Resonance FM now taking adverts. Steve Hoggerty. Hello. I don't, I've got going? nothing to advertise. Unfortunately, no. Uh, Welcome. Welcome, thanks for having me. Am I right in thinking it was your birthday recently? It was, yes. How did that go? Uh, It was very quiet. Uh, Small gathering of friends, because I I celebrate less and less my ageing. Really? (laughs) You should get to my age. You don't celebrate at all. You just cry at this point. (laughs) There was some crying. And this is your first No Continues uh, this season. This season, yes. Well, I was here last season. Uh, Video Game Book Club. Someone wrote to us about that, didn't they? Yeah, something about a discussion group. Discussion group. We're we're just a video game discussion group. Yeah. That's all we are. Does that seem fair? That seems reasonable. We are discussing video games in a group. We'll come on to the theme in a second. Katie. Hello. You're back. I'm back. Good. Glad you came back. Thought very we might glad. have scared you off last yeah. time. Are you happy to be here? I'm very happy. Did you to enjoy be yourself here. last time? I did. Do you think this panel looks better or worse? <laughs> looks better or worse? <laughs> well, for the benefit of people listening at Paint home, a picture. they look 
Wonderful. Wonderful. Perfectly. Yes. And finally, Log. Hello there. Is this your first No Continues? It's my first No Continues. Not I your first one, I've left. One I've left years ago. Excellent. So have you studied hard for today's show? Um, yes, I've played most of them, and if the ones I haven't played, I've watched Let's Play videos of. You were a bit of a swat this week. You e- emailed me off-list and asked for the games before anyone else. <laughs> well, I had to go home this weekend for my mum's birthday and she'd, she'd, she wouldn't be happy if I sat there playing Diner you Dash. You don't need to try and look cool in front of these guys. It's what? fine. I love my mum. Okay. <laughs> and nothing's cool? cooler than that. <laughs> Anne. Hi. Why don't you introduce the theme this week? Uh, the theme this week is work. Work. Uh... Should I say what the theme was going to be? You can do. Uh, so it was going to be boredom, and it seemed to segue quite nicely into mm. work. Work and boredom. So yeah. that's the thing, that's the common theme that links all of the games this week. We're going to talk about four or five games, depending on how long we have in the show. Well, we've got an hour, we know that, Yeah. depending on how much we talk. Uh, and the first game we are going to discuss this week is a classic, video game classic. It's Diner Dash. Who wants to introduce Diner Dash? Well, I, I might as well, seeing as I'm probably the only one amongst us who's actually spent money on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, a game. Do you want me to describe how it works? Let's talk about what you do in Dino Dash. What's the situation? Who do you play? Dino Dash, you play Flo. You play Flo in the, the madness, and it does describe itself as madness, <laughs> of a typical restaurant. So people queue up and they they like it when they sit in a chair that's the same colour as their outfit. Right. And that multiplies things. And um, then you have to take their order and give them food and then clear it away. And this is made interesting and thrilling by the fact that there's more than one customer. I see. Like a real (laughs) restaurant. Yes. (laughs) So that's it. It's a a game that's a a pop pop culture-style simulation of working in a restaurant. Yes, and it's there are moments where I, when I thought I was playing it for a theme of boredom, my thought was, this isn't boring. This is slightly makes my it makes your skin crawl through the tension of it. Mm-hmm. And there were moments like at the end of the night when there was one table left, and I was just thinking, we just get out of my restaurant. It just reminded <laughs> me of working in a pub. So I, I used to run a pub for a while, and it was just some authentic emotions course through me for it. Looking at the other games that we're going to uh, discuss tonight, it seems to be the the most cartoony representation. I mean, it's certainly not a simulation, is it? Well, yeah, people, when you serve them well, they do leap from their chairs with <laughs> unseemly gusto. Wait, I've been a waitress. <laughs> I've been a waitress in the past, and that's happened to me before. Well, they leap with fist, air they... punched and with this kind of swirl. As soon as they get to leave, they sure do. <laughs> so, so, Anne, you... you uh, you were a waitress. Yes, I was. You have an opportunity to compare this with the drudgery of real-life waitressing. Yeah, well, it seemed to um, simulate the sort of hyp- hypnotic state you get into when you're repeating the same things over and over again, sort of going between one task and another and trying to keep everything in your mind. I don't, I, I, I don't do it very well where I have a lot of things going on mm-hmm. in my mind at once. I like to have things in a nice order that I can do them in properly. Um, but this... Yeah, it definitely simulated that kind of panicked state that you get into and sort of you feel a bit hypnotised where you're just going around the tables trying to see if... Is anyone, has anyone got their hands up? Where do I need to be? What should I be doing? And you end up sort of tapping basically the screen for a lot of the time just in case someone, somewhere, you haven't seen them. That's true, you do. And I, in my most panicked moments, I was just tapping tables without thinking. Yeah. And I was in your position, you'd be just walking around 
Yeah, and just, but then it sends flow around to all the different. If you tap on the table, oh, she she's has got to, a buffer. She's got to go there, and you know, I felt quite bad for her having to run around that much. <laughs> I, never, I never felt sorry for her. Well, I did. I think that's because I pictured myself in her role. It, it reminded me of the, the worst parts about working in a restaurant. That bit with that that genuine stress of constantly running around, mm. thinking, "Oh, everything's got to be perfect, and everything isn't." And I don't like that. I wanted to work in the pot wash because I used to like working in the pot wash because <laughs> you just have one task that you just utterly focus on, and then you can just think about other stuff. <laughs> Do you have shortcuts? I mean, because when on the game, when they put their menus down, you just look for the menu, the menus on the table. Yeah. And if there's a real waitress, does that actually work? Um, sometimes. It's sort of more social things. Like if there's, if you can see that there's a bit of a dip in conversation, they start looking around. As soon as people start clicking their fingers, then you know you should probably go <laughs> oh, right. over there. Um, Clapping their hands above their head. Yeah. Uh, as soon as they start jumping up and <laughs> leaping into the air, then you should probably go and see what they're other doing. aspects of uh, waitressing do you think it accurately simulates? Uh, it, it well, something it doesn't accurately simulate is the uh, relationship between the waitress and the chef because that always worked very well. The meals came out in a timely fashion, so you could just pick them up and take them to the tables. Mm-hmm. There was no kind of communication between the kitchen and the waiting staff, and that uh, so yeah, that wasn't um, accurately. Yeah, because uh, in conveyed. real life, the chefs like um, take too much Pro Plus and throw pans at you. Yeah, <laughs> too much Pro Plus. That's a lovely smash hit style euphemism for drug use. <laughs> no, no, genuinely Pro Plus. Yeah. Right. Katie, how did you get on with the game? Um, I felt it very accurately recreated the utter stress and confusion and tedium of waitressing. Um, I like the fact that you could just send in a random musician to cheer everybody up. If things were really getting on top of you, Is I think that, that would make your life much better. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, did you find it a uh, you know a frantic experience like everyone else? I did, but as I went through the game, I found it didn't get any harder and didn't mm. get any more interesting. Really? No. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry to butt in, but the new restaurants that I bought for two pounds, <laughs> um, precious, they just arranged the chairs in a different order, except for the one restaurant where your waitress had four arms. Right. Okay, that's interesting. Because I got very annoyed at first when she could only carry two things. I'm like, hello, any waitress worth her salt can carry at least three plates at one time. And then you're starting to talk four, maybe five. Uh, But you can get these uh, boosts uh, where you can have a little boost for a while where she can carry four things. Which, you know, is more realistic. Steve. So I was, I was also a waiter. I've, I've waited tables. And that is a trick. That's day one, you're taught how right. to carry more than two plates yeah. at once. And um, so that should be accurately reflected, I think, in level one of the game. Um, something else that you asked where it differs from reality um, is... So you get combo points um, for carrying out the same action multiple times. So mm-hmm. actions are things like taking orders, taking plates off tables, seating uh, customers at tables... But if you went around an entire restaurant and took 15 orders at the same time and just oh dumped boy. them at, on the chef's door, um, that you'd probably get in some trouble and <laughs> you would get pans thrown at you. So I think, again, um, it hasn't simulated that very well. There are a lot of video games that are escapist fantasies that you know put you in the Grand Theft Auto world where you can kill and murder whoever you want or put you in space fighting aliens and stuff like that. Things that kids really, really want to do. Do kids want to be waiters and waitresses? Yes. See, 
at a certain age. Niche. At a certain age, definitely. Uh-huh. This this brings me back to my psychology degree. Oh, oh I haven't had <laughs> Yeah, no, um, obviously at a certain age, especially kids just want to imitate imitate mm-hmm. and emulate adults. And right. So if they see older people doing that stuff and they want to do it, it's why kids always play doctor and they just em- carry their dad's briefcase around. Uh-huh. But I think that window does kind of close when people can then go and be a dragon instead. <laughs> And I'm not sure this is a game for kids. No, it's just a kind of weird busy work thing. It feels to me like the the grandfather or the evil godfather of all these things like Tiny Tower, just tapping on things endlessly. I don't like them very much. I think there's there's some sense to be found in the, the theme of the show being work. And I think um, uh, people enjoy finding the routine and the, the repetition in things. And they can, all, it can be a very satisfying task to... Uh, to see through to completion, I think, and actually waiting tables, you can get that sense of satisfaction mm. at the end of a night when you've done the same routine over and over again, and you've done a really good job of it. Um, it sort of scratches an itch, and I think across all the games that we're talking about, um, that's something that they all have in common. Mm. Does anyone else agree? Disagree? That's the same feeling I got when working in a pub. The end of the night, you mm-hmm. you you could have been bored beyond tears at ten o'clock, but once you finished, there's a kind of grim euphoria and a desire to drink <laughs> everything that the customers didn't it's it's um it's an old game diner dash of the ones we have on the list i think it's the oldest and it's it reminds me more than any any of the others of sort of 80s arcade games that sort of classic pac-man dynamic of completing a level and being able to move on that's less of a question just a statement but <laughs> but this with pac-man got harder whereas um, this a lot as Anne says this didn't yeah, absolutely. It doesn't get harder. It just it just gets more and more and more, which I guess is fairly accurate when you think about waiting or waitressing. There's, it's never going to get very much harder. There's just going to be more customers that come in. And you just pray for that night when there are no customers and your chef says, there's some, oh, there's a nice bit of meat in the fridge. I'm going to cook that up for you. And you is that get a metaphor? Hands, <laughs> <laughs> um, pro plus, nice bit of meat. <laughs> Chefs oh, are awful, aren't they? They really are the worst of <laughs> all are, people. Yeah. Maybe we should um, be doing a chef simulation next time. Okay, uh, some music and then back with the second game of the show. You'll think.
You're listening to Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Sega Lounge, not the show, the title of the song. The title of the show is One Life Left No Continues. We're a video game discussion group. Yes, we are. That um, works. It does that work. feels okay. It feels good. Um, I just want to uh, say right now that uh, Resonance FM is holding an auction this week and we will give more details about that later in the show. First game of the show was Diner Dash. The show's theme is work today. Mm-hmm. The second game of the show was suggested by Katie, and that is John Deere Drive Go. Is that right? I think it's Drive Green. Drive Green, that's right. Sorry. Same. John Deere Drive Green. It's a game you can download if you uh, Google that right now. You can maybe uh, play it while we're talking about it. So, what this game is, is a tractor simulator. <laughs> Or more accurately, actually an interactive tractor catalogue. This is a game that's obviously for people who are very excited about tractors. I've got to say, I'm not one of them. Right. Um, so you started. But you off, suggested the game. I did, because I thought it looked like it might be more fun than. Well, it's escapist, it could have been. right? It's yeah. escapist. And actually, I like the escapist aspects, because you start off on a little home farm in the middle of the countryside, surrounded mm-hmm. by green fields, a few chickens. You know, some lovely country and western music lilting in the background. And unlike Dino Dash, it's not a cartoon universe, is it? It's not a third-person game. You see behind your guys a rugged CGI man, or at least as rugged as their budget has allowed. Yeah, and he, uh, and you know, you're given an opportunity to get in farm vehicles. You are. Um, I was quite with it until I discovered my tractor. At which point, um, a little dialogue box cropped up to mm. say this is a 3825 small mm-hmm. tractor that can do light work <laughs> okay you can drive it and i obviously got the impression that somebody was expecting me to be very excited well some about people will be presumably there is obviously a whole world out there that i'm just starting to learn about it's very exciting so i jumped into my tractor mm-hmm. and the bird song cuts out the grass kind of withers you get engine noise Juddering, smoke, uh, at which point you get the chance to go and plough some fields. Okay. And do some planting. And did you do that? I did. Okay, how was it? It was strangely soothing, actually. Nice. After after doing Dino Dash and feeling kind of stressed and frantic, mm-hmm. it was quite chilled out. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Now, was this freeform ploughing or did you take on the missions you were given? I took on a mission. Okay. So, what you're meant to do <laughs> is to. Attempt to plough your neighbour's field in something approaching a straight line. Interesting. And you can pick up little power-ups as you go. Uh, I realised that actually driving a tractor with a whacking great plough behind it is harder than it looks. And uh, managed to get myself stuck on a fence more than once, <laughs> which was quite embarrassing. <laughs> Matt, how did you get on with the game? I actually didn't get a chance oh, to play this one. Okay. But I do love farming-based things. Because, again, it's that simplicity of just having things... Being left to your own devices to make something clean and smooth. Mm-hmm. Just but it's not as easy as you might think. No, no. Did anyone else have, a, have an opportunity yes. to play it? Anne? Uh, so where I have been a waitress, I've never driven a tractor. I actually can't even drive a car. Mm-hmm. And it felt quite a lot like I couldn't drive at all in this. <laughs> it was veering all over the place. Uh, so you, you drive down the road to get to the field. You enter the field, and I get it. I get that you sort of go in a circular motion so that you are efficient in your ploughing, so that you get all of the area. So you have a... um, There's a little sort of field in the corner that you can see where you've been. It it colours itself in green when you have ploughed or sown Mm. the seed in that area of the field. And you have to get upwards of, like, 97% before you can complete that level. Um, I was all over the place. Really? Can't, Can't 
drive in a straight line, can't drive in a circle. Uh, they also have an efficiency uh, gauge. Hmm. I was inefficient. <laughs> Badly so. It's um, not very forgiving either, is it? It no. makes you get to 98%. It, and it really does. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so I, I was just driving around, driving around, uh, and realised that I would have enjoyed it more if it had been more forgiving. Right. If it had been less realistic. If it had, even on the first one, if it had just sort of been like, oh, okay, giving you a massive thing here. You've sort of done half of it in, in one sweep up there and you got the other half on the way back. So that's good. You've done really well. No, straight in, mm-hmm. unforgiving, can't drive a tractor. You've done a bad job. Is this game for you, though? It feels like it might not be for me. Is it designed, I mean... As Katie alluded to, it seems like it's designed for people who would be excited by this is Tractor 395, you know, it's the big one. Yeah, there was actually a whole catalogue of different farming mm-hmm. implements. And none of them buy. sparked your interest? They didn't inspire me hugely, I've got to say. I've got to say. Um, I quite enjoyed driving my tractor number one, but mm-hmm. I wasn't that motivated by the idea of upgrading to tractor number two Interesting. so I'm possibly not the target audience. Mm. Can, I, can I just ask uh, all the tractors featured in John Deere's Drive Green um, are, they, are they all John Deere tractors? I, I assume they are. I assume so as well How many tractors does he have? <laughs> well it's <laughs> interesting you should ask <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the answer is there but a lot of implements, a lot of different types of implements. I did four of the missions um, Oh really? Thanks. Uh, I did one of the missions. Okay. And can I just, are all the missions based in... Well, because it seems to be like... I, th- I think John Deere's gimmick is that all his stuff is a green colour. Mm-hmm. And the first mission was, oh, Frank next door. He's an idiot. His red tractor <laughs> has broken down. <laughs> I caught he, that. He, no, he needs a nice green <laughs> tractor to come in. and Which is odd when you're, Very ab- good. you've got already got them in a... A John Deere walled garden, <laughs> but to sort of take pot shots at the neighbours like that. Oh. Mm, I did it, wonder how anyone in this universe would get to eat because all of the farmers are completely incompetent. <laughs> You're the only well, one. You, that you can say do that. It. I was pretty good. You obviously <laughs> saved. <laughs> Maybe the stage. it was my John Deere equipment. Uh, we, I, I, I completed four of the missions, I think, and they were all broadly the same. They were all getting into a different vehicle. Maybe pressing. I had one vehicle which was a spray thing, so I had to extend its spraying ability by pressing the greater than symbol. So I did that, and slowly it unfurls. And then you drive it and you paint. You paint the field, and like Anne says, it gives you a little sort of uh, top-down map, which is is uh, it's very uh, abbreviated. It's just you're painting it pixel by pixel, and it shows you which bits of the field. See, real farmers don't have that. Mm, they don't. So. And in a way, I think it spoilt it for me. Like, because that abstraction of the game mechanic just made me feel like that's what I was doing. That's what I was looking at, not the field. I was so painting could, in pixel by pixel. you change your view to tractor view. Mm-hmm. So you can look at it from the tractor, so you don't really know where you're going, which I can only imagine would have made me a lot worse. <laughs> if I can't see from above where I'm going, honestly. Did you feel like you got better at any point no. in the game? No. No. Not really. I did give up after a while because it got quite tedious. Yeah. It was in the second field where I'd been going around and around in sort of circles for a while and I'd only really cleared about 20%. Was this the seed spreading one, yeah? I'd only cleared about 20%. You have to be quite efficient. It 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 took a while. It took about, I think, 20 minutes of real time. And that's not an interesting 20 minutes. That's going up to one end of the field, turning around, slowing down a bit so you don't collide with the fence. That's what I did wrong! 
I never mm. slowed down. <laughs> but the going? fences are tractor-proof. I mm. noticed that. They are. Oh, <laughs> and and you, can't, you can't just go around. Mm. <laughs> and the trees are made of some substance that you can swing through as well. You know, the collision detection isn't the great, greatest, but maybe the people who get this game don't care so much about it because all they care about is John Deere. Well, I was um, at an event and being shown the exciting new Xbox version of Farming Simulator 2013. Okay. It's the first time it's ever come to Xbox, and I, I, the time is just right for Microsoft <laughs> owners. Um, and the, the man I spoke to said that it is people who just want to ride around in the tractors and people who want to see what it might be like to right. drive the exciting new range of grim potato harvesting machinery. <laughs> Potatoes are new for Farming Simulator 2013, along with sugar beets, <laughs> sheep and chickens. <laughs> I, I, I wrote the preview very recently. <laughs> Steve, there are quite a lot of these type of games, aren't there? Yes, uh, primarily coming from Germany for some reason. I think German people really, really like these, uh, what we'd consider very mundane simulators, like... Um, I'm playing a lot of Euro Truck Simulator 2 at the moment. Okay, what's the, what's the aim of Euro Truck Simulator? Um, it's to become a driver in a haulage firm hauling freight across uh, Europe for money. Interesting. Until you've raised enough money to start your own haulage firm, and then you can watch other people do that job for you while you just <laughs> sit there. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, that, that's interesting, because that reminds me of the, uh, the mechanic in, in one of the Final Fantasy games, where it becomes like a programming language. Essentially, you set up your scripts to do the fights, and the ultimate aim of this is just to leave the game alone, watch your characters level up. And watch, just watch the trucks drive themselves, basically. Oh, I mean, maybe that's the sort of level, the escapism in this is, like we talked about with Dino Dash, is that, or, or working in the pub, is that sense of relief when the mundanity is over at the end of it, is you're given a task and you're like, this is terrible, but actually the satisfaction you're getting is not in the processing of the task, but the relief when the task is over. It's funny that you say escapism as well, because in my experience, uh, most of the people playing truck simulators are actual truck drivers. Really? Um, so you'd think they'd get enough of driving trucks in their <laughs> everyday life. But um, they do like to, when, to relax by playing truck simulating games. And the farming guy also said that farmers from other farming styles like to play farming simulator stimulator <laughs> I'm sort of beg your pardon I've become filthy um, yeah the people who maybe they are sugar beet farmers maybe want to f find out what it's like to keep cows <laughs> <laughs> that's insane <laughs> there's a street sweeping one isn't there yes it's street cleaning simulator 2012 um, which uh, simulates, again, you, you operate a street cleaning company trying to get the most lucrative street cleaning contract in a European city. Um, uh, you do this by driving a street cleaner up and down a road, cleaning the streets. I do, I do love the way that these things like Street Cleaning Simulator 2012, it's like got the year on the end as if the kind of rotors and scene changes on a yearly basis in the same way it does with football. But it does. Yeah. Imagine the year, you know when the, uh, the street sweeper at the end of the Rio de Janeiro carnival, uh, he was the guy that was dancing along at the end of that with his broom and everything. Imagine the year that that came out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do you think they had him on the box? It would have blown up, wouldn't it? Actually, it's, it's funny you say that about the year because surely the 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 um the most appropriate analogy for video games is the football manager games yeah which are the most mundane task that is balancing budgets making sure your wage bill is correct signing them checking the stats making sure they're training correctly and then watching essentially a spreadsheet unfurl unfold to see whether you win or or lose the next game at least in Street Sweeper and, and the farming simulator games, there's some kind of action. You're directly controlling these vehicles. You have a 3D world you're moving around in. You're seeing these potatoes and the chickens and stuff. You're getting some resolution to your, your actions. It sounds. I don't know. I, 
So I get the feeling that with Football Manager, I've not, I've never got into it. That you, that there is some kind of, you know, your team goes up and gets better, or it goes down because you've not been very good. Whereas I found with this one. You never got to 100% in your field. You got to 98% and that was good enough. And that didn't really seem to wrap it up quite well enough for me. I mean, full disclosure, you did bake Miles from Football Manager some cupcakes once and he gave you a doormat. That is true. (laughs) Still never played his game. (laughs) Okay, uh, more music. Uh, After this, we'll talk about Space Station 13. Supernova work in process, uh, work in progress by Avrast from chipmusic.org. All this week, Resonance of M is running the annual Resonance of M fundraiser, which consists of an online auction of fabulous, exclusive, and extraordinary items, details of which you can see on our website front page. Go to uh, resonancefm.com slash auction 2013. There is a vast range of things on offer, ranging from a haunch of venison. Provided by Hugh Van Cutsum, a friend of Prince Charles, apparently. Hmm. Uh, to having your piano tuned professionally by Art Terry, the sophisticated host of the weekly Is Black Music programme on Resonance FM. There's loads more on yeah. the Resonance FM website. You should go there because they are massively important. It is the best radio station in the world. And without them, One Life Left would literally not exist and that may be a positive but lots of better radio stations radio shows than ours would not exist too and if you uh, can't see anything on the auction that you're interested in then just uh, donate some money through the website space station 13 steve yes tell us about that game space station 13 is a space station simulator in which about 80 players play on a single space station for over the course of an hour or so Um, but every character on this space station is controlled by a player. That's everyone from the, the captain of the space station down to the lowliest janitor. All the different robots and AI systems are all controlled by individual players. It's quite a difficult concept to get across, but um, it's if, you, if you're playing as one of the most, uh, one of the lowest um, characters on the ship, you uh, are basically just mopping up floors, right. you're doing admin work, you're filling out paperwork and uh, things like that. Um, but it's weirdly soothing to um, to be such a tiny cog in a in a 
in a, a larger machine. Is that that's your only task then? You you have to mop up floors. Well, that's all I can do in the game. Okay. Um, so this, the the actual captain of the ship is doing far far more important work. Stuff that I can't really wrap my head around because it's mm-hmm. quite it's quite a difficult game to play as well. It's, it's top down, it's tile based. But they need you. They need well, maybe they don't need janitors. <laughs> but I, 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 sometimes I feel like they need me because th- the floors can get very slippy and mm-hmm. they can be stained by alien blood if aliens get on the ship. Mm-hmm. And if you don't clean that up, people can get infections. People can slip on the floor and injure themselves. Okay. They can slip, they can lose their guns, they might fly out, someone might pick up a gun and shoot someone else. So I I think my role as a janitor on the ship is indeed very important, perhaps the most important role on the ship. Interesting. <laughs> like, you turned around there a little bit. <laughs> I remembered all the things I had to do. <laughs> Did anyone else play this game this week? Uh, I played it very briefly. Okay. Uh, I, I signed up, I had my little character, walked around for a little bit, and then I thought, this looks complicated. So I left it running in the background, went back to look at it. I had been tied to a bed. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I, I could not understand. I went back through the little chat window, and I couldn't see why I'd been tied to a bed, but I had been tied to a bed, <laughs> and I couldn't get up. So I left it for a bit, and then I came back, and someone was murdering me. Oh. Um, and then I got... Uh, taken over by a changeling um, after I had been... Well, someone was definitely strangling me. I don't know if they definitely killed me. Then I was... Yeah, my uh, my body was taken over by a changeling. And at that point I went, this is a bit weird. Shut it down. Are changelings (laughs) and these alien attacks you're talking about, are they controlled by AI or are those other people trying to... who've got missions to mess you up? So on every... In every game, like, uh, a handful of uh, human players are given an objective to sabotage the ship. Mm -hmm. Um, And they can either be uh, cultists, they can be demon-worshipping cultists, or they can be spies or or space ninjas or space wizards, or they can be changelings who can adopt the form of other players. And everyone's given a, a mission. So if you're a janitor, you can be given a mission to make sure that the mess hall is kept spotless for the entire game, and you basically win your game if you do that. If you're a changeling, it's your mission to... You might have to assassinate, like, the head of personnel, and they're behind certain locked doors, so you need to get access to these places in the ship, uh, but also not give the game away that you are a bad guy. So people have different missions. Can there be more than one winner of the game? Or is it a race Uh, to keep Effectively, everyone who survives um, uh, wins the game. Uh, even if if the if the ship is overrun by cultists, if you get on the escape shuttle and you escape, you you pretty much won the game. Uh, but the uh, it's 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 heavily uh, leaning towards role play as well. So even if if you reach the end of the game and you've died, you've still had fun playing. So mm-hmm. uh, that sort of the objective isn't to isn't to win; it's just to play and and have fun. Katie, I actually found this. Too exciting. I was hoping to have a mundane job, mopping a floor. That's what I was there for. Uh, the first thing that happened, I tried to talk to someone and ended up stabbing them with a pen. I still don't quite know how that What's happened. wrong with you? Uh, talk, us, talk us through that conversation. Well, I'd stepped on someone else's clean floor. It was a fellow janitor and they told okay. me off. And I tried to talk to them. But I think I was holding a pen. Yeah. <laughs> and so I accidentally stabbed them with well, a pen. I one thought, of the first well, things... It, this isn't yeah. going to get any better. 
One of the first things it teaches you in the very, very, very lengthy tutorials you need to watch to play this game is that whatever you've got in your right hand, you will use and whatever you click on. So if you just want to talk to someone, you have to make sure you take whatever you're holding. <laughs> I don't mean whatever, because I was doing some very strange things. I was like hitting the wall with rat traps and just like... <laughs> T- tying girls to beds. I didn't do that. I did not do that. <laughs> then somebody put me in a cupboard and dragged me along the floor, and I don't know why. That's quite common, I hear. I get the impression that people being locked in cupboards is... is Kind of probably the same thing, really. <laughs> I had a huge amount of fun with this game, though. Even though I was rubbish at it, and it does—it's so complicated that even I, I think it took me twenty minutes to work out how to use the mop and bucket. <laughs> um, so I just spent a lot of time walking around, having this sense of. Uh, the strangest thing about this is the fact that, despite the fact you're in space, you're in a space station. This is the game that made me feel it felt like real work mm. more than anything else, and it was because I knew I was being watched by other people. Maybe not all the time, but when I was walking around, not doing anything, trying to work out what I was supposed to be doing, <laughs> I became very aware that people were looking at me as to go, "What's he doing? He's not doing anything." <laughs> and I felt embarrassed by that. And so when I finally got my mop and bucket, I started just mopping up. And I, at one point, I'd mopped too far down the corridor and I forgot to put the wet floor sign up near me. And loads of people, some security officers ran down. They all fell over <laughs> and dropped their guns. And I was just like, I was mortified. I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. Because I'd, I'd become so focused in mopping that I'd forgotten to move the sign. And it, did all you, these things, yeah. Did you apologise by running up and picking up all their guns for them and then giving them to them, but shooting them <laughs> no, off? No, no. <laughs> but interestingly, I had accidentally joined a Russian server. So people were ha- talking to me and occasionally I assumed shouting at me but I didn't know what they were talking about I was really funny I was the foreign cleaner (laughs) and uh, it was kind of like it reminded me of what I loved about that kind of job of just having that simplicity of going hey there's there's blood all over this corridor I'm going to just mop it all up but then it also reminded me after a while of what I used to hate about having that kind of menial job of being like I am enjoying the repetition the sense of clarity of being I'm making things clean I like this but also I'm like yeah but what am I doing? I'm, I'm mopping up what appears to be a huge quantity of blood all the time, and I don't really know why, and who am I doing it for, and, and why am you, I doing this? And that's what you hated about your old job, <laughs> mopping up all the blood. But no, that sense that you think, at first you kind of enjoy the simplicity of your role and having that satisfaction in the day, but after a while you start to question who you're working for and why. And that is work. That is work. <laughs> um, in its purest form, yeah. I guess, I guess that I... Actually, what you're saying, that that feels like work. It also feels like going into a new job and everyone else knows each other and they all know what they're doing and there's no one there to show you what to do. And so you just walk around hoping no one sees you, hoping, hoping that nobody starts talking to you, (laughs) hoping that someone just ties you to a bed. (laughs) Because that's the best outcome, really. This, uh, This small part of a bigger machine reminds me very much of massively multiplayer online games where you operate as a bigger part of a guild is there is there cooperative play in this or are you all left to like one goal um so some characters are all about cooperative play depending on mm-hmm. how up the hierarchy you are so the head of personnel has to look after everyone who works underneath him and mm-hmm. help him out with requisition forms and sign, <laughs> sign off on their requisition forms and things like that it's also one of the most interesting characters in the game is the the, the station's ai which okay. is actually controlled by a human player <laughs> and if they're role playing properly so you know star trek and they say, computer, where is this person on the, on the ship? And go, oh, so-and-so's on the bridge. Um, you, as the AI, you actually have to type that out and say, Amazing. so-and-so's on the... Because you know exactly where everyone is. You have to open doors for people if they request it and just, just respond to, like, basic requests, but do it in an AI way so you sort of act like a robot, which is really good fun. It reminds me of uh, EVE Online, specifically. Mm. Has anyone here played that yes. at all? Um, 
I remember a tale from uh, uh, Jim Rossignol, uh, who told me he was heavily into EVE Online, which is a it's a, a space game where you all pilot big spaceships and you quest around the galaxy, blowing up other spaceships or mining or choosing a life for yourself. But that very much has the small cog in a big machine thing. And his role in the game was a translator. But it wasn't a, uh, a, a career type that you'd chosen at boot up, you hadn't selected as... You know, in this game, you select janitor or AI. He hadn't chosen translator. In fact, he just operated for a big company inside the game. And his job was to talk to uh, a big Russian company who controlled a big part of space or a big Swedish company who controlled a different part and to allow them to navigate. So, you know, he would he would essentially act the role of a diplomat outside the game. So he would sit on um, Trillion, on on Google Chat or Microsoft Messenger, as, the, as was the way. And he would talk to people also on Microsoft Messenger and say, listen, we want to pass through this part of space. And they would say, OK, we'll demand a, you know, 10% of whatever you're doing, negotiate these trade routes. But none of this was in the game, you know. He was paying a subscription to play the game, but not actually playing the game. And just inside the game, he was drawing a sort of salary from the people who were going out there and blowing up stuff. And that's that's really, really that is a second job, right? Like like people treat What's World of Warcraft that and that, stuff. Uh, you can um, convert uh, Eve money back into real money, mm-hmm. so you could actually have a job as a translator for a fleet of space merchants. And that is your actual job. You're making a salary from it. Can you, is it possible to get rich playing Space Station 13? No. <laughs> it's possible to lose all your money and time. <laughs> or get tied to a bed, apparently. Yeah. You, can make min- you can make money being tied to a bed in real life. <laughs> not in space Station 13. I wouldn't advise it. <laughs> okay, uh, after this, we'll be talking about Unmanned. Chiptune cover of My Bloody Valentine's When You Sleep. This is by Akaria. Again, it's from chipmusic.org. All of our brilliant music today has been, and I say that you should go there. We have been talking about work games today. Games that simulate the feeling of being at work and how they they, uh, evoke some kind of pleasurable response to you. Why do people want to do that, Anne? Why do they want to, in their playtime, why do they want to work? Because sometimes you just can't get enough of 
driving a tractor. Maybe it's to do with, well, actually, no, we've discussed how it isn't always to do with doing something that you don't do. Mm-hmm. I think people just like completing things. Is that true? You, you know, in your, uh, in your work time, you're an audio producer. Yeah. Do you think you could make a video game out of that? You probably could. Hmm, a um, good one? Probably, uh, maybe, maybe. I, it would be interesting to make a directing video game where you have to direct someone okay. uh, to be a good actor. The next game we're going to talk about, Unmanned, uh, mm-hmm. is a simulation of a very specific type of job, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who wants to introduce that? Uh, anyone? Matt. Yeah, so Unmanned's really interesting uh, in the fact that you are jumping into the boots of a guy who is in charge of unmanned drones. So they're the drones that the U.S. Army use a lot, um, increasingly, to to bomb locations on the other side of the world using basically little video game robots. Um, so it's kind of a bit full circle, I guess, in the mm-hmm. video game about drones. But but these are, it's kind of a weird thing because these guys just sit in the desert in these um, these boxes, which are air conditioned, very safe. Um, and they just control things in the way you would control a video game. And actually, quite controversially, the U.S. Army does actually employ people who are very good at video games to control these things. That actually actively watch people for a period of weeks and assess them as targets and then maybe blow them up. So how does the game work? Well, the game is very odd. It's kind of like it's split into two windows on the left and right side. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of alternate between the windows clicking on things and... It, to try and juggle two things and I, it's very mundane stuff like you start off like um, you're having a dream and it's a weird abstract dream about the drones and your job and you're clearly affected by it but then you're like shaving and getting ready to work and then mm. you're driving down the road and you're singing along to a Queen song <laughs> but whilst trying to steer the car so it's like you, you're trying to remember the lyrics for a Queen song whilst making sure you don't crash into stuff mm. and I think it juggles this one in particular is about the other side of work, I think, and not having that enjoyment of a mundane, easy task, but having a job that preys on your mind and having to juggle between trying to do your job properly, but also being conflicted by the day-to-day thoughts and the stuff that kind of whittles down into your brain in an uncomfortable way. Mm-hmm. Katie, what did you get from Amand? I thought it was interesting what it did with video games so at one point uh, one of the things you have to do is foster a good relationship with your son and you do that by playing video games with him so you go from as your job operating a man drone to playing what is essentially call of duty with your kid and i thought it was really interesting that you get a little shooting up game within a game when you're at that point and the games within games Mm -hmm. were far more fun that kind of shooting than tracking a real life terrorist and pressing the button on your drone Mm. so i thought it was interesting that the fake games were a lot more exciting than the real mundane killing yeah it's a game with a message isn't it Mm. the best thing about that that situation between you with you and your son to me, that was amazing because I, the, the way you're playing the game, you've got to menu of options on the left-hand side of what you can say to your son back, and you don't have the time to consider what you're saying. So it does turn you into the kind of idiot that just goes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and not thinking like that. that. To me, that struck my home. And also, at that point in the day, someone came... I was playing it in my work hours, and it's not an Xbox game. I shouldn't have been playing it. <laughs> but um, I was just giving... I was being a bad worker a bad father and a terrible of Call of Duty clone as well. It was just... not <laughs> spread yourself too thin. As well. and I found this such an interesting game. I thought 
the having the two screens on and so so what you're doing in this work is you're being put in charge of killing someone and the way that it is laid out is it's a very individual like it's one person that you track um when uh when you're sorry when you're manning the the drone and because it's one person and not a lot of people it seems a, a lot more meaningful and it just seems like such an important job but at the same time you're trying not to annoy your colleague next to you which is just such a perfect representation of actually what work is like regardless of how important your job is you also have to maintain relationships your personal uh, relationships with your family your colleagues as well which is what i think was missing from a lot of the other games it was just you do your job and that's it whereas this was really about juggling your work and your life and i don't know something about it was i found it uh, it was it affected me quite a lot that mm. i was just like this is this is so true this is you do have to think actually think about things that you're saying to your colleagues or to your partner even if you've had a stressful day at work you can't let that interfere with that otherwise you don't get the medal mm. which is obviously the goal of all of this um but yeah but then equally like you do have this really important job that you're doing that does play on your mind and it does uh interrupt your sleep as well in the game i just found it so so interesting for me the game was about dehumanization and humanising, in fact, which is something few video games manage to do, humanise the characters that you are playing alongside or playing against. And here, I mean, we hear a lot about the drone process and how that essentially reduces a human to a video game character. Here it was kind of about the opposite of that, turning video game characters into humans. Yeah, I think um, it's been a long time since I played this game, but I think uh, that's what I got from the whole the, the two uh, opposing displays. Um, it's sort of it's showing how removed he is from the task at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, on the one side, he's, he's distracted by talking with his colleague. On the other side, he's he's trying to murder another person. But on both sides, I guess he's not he's he's, he's removed himself from like the reality of of uh, of what he's doing with this drone. And, and that how that filters back into his everyday life, playing with his son, and just being in this sort of split frame of mind throughout the throughout the game. You played one of the creator's other games as well, didn't you? Uh, yes, I think it's called Every Day the Same Dream. Um, I, I, I think I got that right. Um, but that's um, a, a really strange game. It, it, I think both games have a really unique mood to them, and I think it's set mm-hmm. by the by the music um, um, more than a lot of other things. Um, but at this game, you are going. You're taking the same journey to work um, five days in a row, and on each day, uh, you can change something very slight to make a to make a very strange, very slight difference to to the outcome of the day. And some of them are quite uh, morbid. Some of them are like eerily serene. So there's one point where you, you're going down in, in the elevator and you get into your car and you're driving through traffic and you're waiting in traffic. Um, the first time you play, you think all you have to do is hold down the button to keep moving forward as fast as you can and then you arrive at the office and you do your job but you can actually stop halfway down the street and just refuse to drive anymore it's a bit like falling down if you've ever seen that film yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you just get out of your car and you walk into the street and you, you walk into the into the fields next to the road and you find a cow and there's a really sweet scene where he just very gently touches a cow on the nose <laughs> and then it just it immediately cuts back to his alarm going off the next day and he's waking up and he's doing the same thing again but at each way he finds a way of breaking the routine and i'm not sure what the meaning is to it um i'm not i'm not deep enough to really figure that out <laughs> well it's odd because it ends up i don't know if I, it's just the way i played it because there's five things you can do to break the monotony and one of them is to kill yourself 
Yeah, you can walk I'm straight not sure. past your desk and um, and walk out to the, the balcony at the top of the top of the building and just jump off. And at that point, the moral of why not break your routine becomes slightly lost in the <laughs> just kill yourself. Yeah. There's, there's no there's no way out. I think that's the point I started disliking the game. Yeah. Actually, I, up until that point, I really liked it. I loved the way that the kind of the the music, kind of downbeat, repetitive music, were really cool. And then as you walk through down past all the all of the what they called the cubicles. Cubicles. Uh, walking to find your desk. Every time you get to the end of the screen, you get to a new screen that's panned out even further to give this scent to these endless cubicles. And I did like that, but then when it's like, yeah, why not? Just if you don't like your job, why not kill yourself? I kind of thought, <laughs> come on, <laughs> do something else. <laughs> it seems like these uh, two are quite different. So this one uh, seems like it's trying to get you to break out of the routine, whereas uh, un- unmanned, it seemed to me like it was trying to get you to be a good dad, and it had quite prescriptive. Uh, a, quite a prescriptive idea of what a good dad would be, what a good partner would be, what a good work colleague would be. So it seemed like it was trying to narrow you down. I had to play it a couple of times to be a good dad. I was going to say, actually, with Unmanned, I found that far more sophisticated, and I didn't play it more than once, because I found with these games, I, I like to kind of treat my first reaction as the true one. Did anyone else find that, I found because I was split between these two things and couldn't really concentrate, I ended up not really making any decisions? Yes. And mm-hmm. I just ended up going, oh, I don't know, and felt because I couldn't focus on anything, I was just was completely non-committed to everything. There is a, there's a sub-thread in Unmanned Unmanned, where you're flirting with your mm. yeah. colleague in the cabin. Absolutely. I'd be interested to find out what people oh, did. I accidentally flirted, and then I was like, I shouldn't have said that. And then from that point on, that's how the conversation went. She was like, but I thought you were married. Mm. And I'm like, well, so then it gives you three options after that, which are like, yeah, only on paper, or <laughs> oh, I'm married, I'm not castrated, that <laughs> kind of awesome. thing. And I'm like, that's not, none of those things are what I want to say. It, what I want to say is, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't actually mean that really. Maybe sorry. she was the one who tied you to the bed. <laughs> she probably was. I, thought, I found that interesting because video games generally, in those... In games like Infamous, where you're given a choice between good or evil, people tend to pursue one side or the other. And so you get to that choice and you decide, right, okay, which one's the evil one? I'm going to be resolutely evil because I want to have the most evil power or the most good. People rarely walk the line. But here, I found myself, well, I'll be a you know, bit flirtatious. Well, no, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> back off. That back was off. the exact moment I was thinking of, actually, that scene, because it was this thing of I, I kind of flirted with her because I thought, oh, let's see what happens. And then it was like, oh, no, oh, God. Um, and I just started backtracking and just mm. going in the middle. And then immediately after that, when I was supposed to nuke this guy, I said, just said, are you sure he put a bomb down? Yeah. And I just found myself suddenly just being like, because uh, the pace of it is so fast that mm. you do feel frazzled and you... Especially because then you have to commit to a decision like, are you going to blow this guy up? <laughs> <laughs> to get the medal, you actually have to blow him up, don't you? And I felt that the things that I wanted to do that kind of worked with my moral compass weren't the things that got you medals, which mm. I found quite disturbing. I didn't, I didn't flirt with the girl too well in the office, and I noticed that the medals I didn't get were heart-shaped, so I was assuming that the mm. game really wanted me to sort of, well, mentally cheat on my wife even though there was the bit where you go outside for a smoke, tell her you're not smoking and tell her you love her. It was a, yeah, it was a and bit... And the pointer it, during that bit is your lungs, isn't it? Which I yes. thought was a <laughs> great touch. Really, really nice. We should talk before the end of the show, and we've only got about five minutes left, about cart life. Uh, who here had a chance to play cart life? Yeah. I played this and I really didn't like it. Interesting. Um, at all. Um, I found it very pretentious. 
I found that the, the art style is like a kind of black and white grayscale. It's very cool. So we should explain what it is first. Yeah, sure. Which is, um, it's a simulation of uh, how hard it is to start a business, I suppose. It's a side-on adventure uh, or RPG in which you walk around and you try and buy a, well, one of the threads has you buying a coffee stand, getting the um, elements you need to run a coffee stand, deciding on the location, all the while trying to juggle your home life as well uh, with your, um, you're a single mother and well, you're you have, going through a divorce. You're going through a divorce, mm. and you've got you're battling for custody for your 11 year old daughter, and you also have to remember to pick her up from school mm-hmm. uh, and make it to the custody meeting on time. And time travels very very fast. You're it, pressed. Yeah. You're always pressed for time. But you didn't enjoy it, Matt. No, I didn't. Um, I was playing as a guy who was selling the newspapers, actually, the Russian guy trying to start mm-hmm. up a new life and um i just immediately i thought okay this is interesting um i, I didn't like uh, the tutorials are very slow and then when it actually got to the thing of the games you have to unpack these newspapers by actually typing in stuff mm, saying unfold okay. the newspapers unfold the newspapers and i'm just typing so it's like i'm playing my mavis beacon here really but you know i'm quite an expert fast level mm-hmm. and then it's stuff like it wants you to type things like I hope I sell all the newspapers. And it's like, oh, it just felt really ham-fisted. It felt like it was so desperately trying to get across that human element that it just felt like, whatever, you know? Interesting. I don't know. Whereas do, unmanned, do you have a heart? Was... No, I do, I do, because I found Unmanned like, hugely effective. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I thought that, that way it conveyed... It's certainly much more explicit than Unmanned. But I felt like getting me to type in three times, I hope all these newspapers sell... Mm, I was but just but like, isn't that more the, the the task of repetition? There is is more about the mundanity of what he has to do, less about the sentences that you're typing. Well, he should be typing things like "Come and buy my newspapers," <laughs> yeah, rather yeah. than practicing this right. weird psychology thing where the secret, where you just want things to be and they happen. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. It just felt a bit like small violins, and I, sure. felt, I thought it lacked the positivity of a startup. Maybe the art style that you mentioned is quite interesting because it's all in uh, black and white. But it's also in pixel art, which um, you find a lot of indie video games are. Why do you think that is? It's probably easy and cheap, isn't it? Mm. Interesting. I, th- I think cheap is. I, I've been thinking a lot about this because. I have to say, I, I react sort of the same in a bit of a oh, more, you know, pixels. But I guess there are a few options because if you are one person trying to create a game and it's got to be a game that involves humans, you can't 3D model a human. You can't have certainly more than one character in that game. So what do you do? What what choice are you left with? And I think the, I thought the the graphical treatment here was pretty good. I thought it was competently um, executed. It gave your imagination enough freedom to run around with what you were seeing and to own that characters and those uh, those characters in that world in your head, which is the most important thing about anything that's going to provide emotion, I think, is to make it feel personal. And for what it's worth, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I did get a lot out of that scenario. Maybe th- I didn't play the scenario that you, you played, uh, but I did think the single mother scenario while uh you could say oh it's obvious you know and it's it's a cheap mm-hmm. heartstring tug saying she's going to lose her daughter and stuff it's still pretty real and it's still different yeah. for a video game to try those emotions which is is i found it so depressing mm, i totally. found it really depressing i didn't pick up my daughter in time no. i didn't make it to the custody meeting in time i couldn't find the place to go and buy my um 
coffee stand. I eventually found that at some point. I, I went to the custody meeting, but the judge wasn't there. And I find myself stood outside the room going, am I in the right place? I wish I could refer to the previous thing. I wish I could call up a menu and go to the thing that you get in Skyrim with the quest log. But there is none of that. And there isn't in real life, really. You know, yeah. you can write these things down, but I didn't write these things down. When I got the, the uh, you have to go to the, the mayor's office and you have to receive a ticket saying, yeah. you know, oh, you're number 11 in the queue, even though there's no one else there. And it goes six seven eight and then the mayor's office closed and i found myself stood outside the building building genuinely exasperated and that's real life yeah that's work that's the frustration right you can't do anything about it and i thought that was what was interesting about this mm. Mm. it was depressing we're at the end of our work discussion we have to wrap it up now because it's another station on the brilliant Resonance FM. Once again, all this week we are running the annual Resonance 104.4 FM fundraiser, so you should go online to resonancefm.com slash auction2013 and you should pledge buy something brilliant tune your piano, do that sort of thing Thank you so much to our guests today, Uh, we've been talking about work on No Continues Are there any conclusions we can draw from today? We've got about a minute, so you can have about 10 seconds each I like the way that some of the games where they're all positive about get work are the ones that are more fun. We're back before you have to deal with supervisors and politics and all that stuff. They're fun, mm-hmm. but the ones that actually emulate the real life are interesting, but not a lot of fun. <laughs> Steve? Uh, yeah, driving trucks is definitely less depressing than losing custody of your 11-year-old daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Casey? Bring back the combine harvester. That was definitely the high point. And Log? I love the fact that they all exist, but I don't like playing them so much. <laughs> Excellent. We've been No Continues, and we will be back next week. See you then. Bye. Bye.